0: Hey, what's up? Hello, Grief Sense Familia. How are we doing today? If you don't already know what the movement is about, it's about normalizing Grief Sense. What does that mean? That means normalizing conversations around death. And we do that through holding space to talk about loss, confronting our mortality. And we also do this through the lens of social justice, creative expression, community care, as well as pop culture. As you interact with these episodes, please reflect on how Grief Sense shows up in your life. And if you have a story that you'd like to share with us, please feel free to reach out. You can reach us at info@griefsense.com via email. Now with that, hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Hey there, everybody. It's your host Mimi Gonzalez. And today I want to talk about my grandfather, Leonard Wallace. Now, the title of this episode is called Dear Young Man, and I'll get to that shortly. First, I want to say that today is actually the three-year anniversary of my grandfather's death. He passed August 1st during the pendejo or the pandemic in 2020. I wasn't sure how I was going to collect myself and get ready to record this, but here I am trying to muscle through But that's what it's all about, right? It's normalizing these conversations, no matter what emotions might come up. The reason why I wanted this to be a special episode and a special treat is because Grief Sense would literally not exist if it weren't for my grandpa. He was in hospice for quite a long time, about six months Um, And I don't know if y'all know (laughs) anyone else who, you know, hangs in there for that long. So in that time that my grandfather was in hospice, him and I got really, really, really close. Now, he's been one of my best friends ever since I was a kid. uh, From going fishing to taking me and my sister to hometown buffet, to playing chess and cracking jokes and doing all of the things. He was definitely one of my favorite people on this planet and definitely still is. As he was getting ready to transition onto his next journey, I used that time as an opportunity to Mainly to ask him questions about his childhood, about things that he never really shared with anyone. And y'all, he took that and ran. He understood the assignment. Okay. He took that and ran with it. He would tell me things. I'm like, okay, grandpa, you could have you could have kept that to yourself. <laughs> but, you know, just with previous relationships, things with my grandma, uh, things with my family. Um, you know, I truly felt that. I was his best friend at the very end. I'm always going to carry that with me for the rest of my life. Throughout that time, I would take notes of every single conversation we had. I also recorded many of our conversations when he was in the hospital. There were many times where it probably wasn't appropriate to record um, because he was very delirious. But, y'all, I thought it was just so funny. I wanted to keep them for memories. But I remember one of the times... um, he was actually in a really bad state this is when his health was declining really fast um and i think it was about november he was playing a joke the doctor asked him who the president was and he said president nixon and then he started giggling to himself <laughs> everyone just started laughing he's like i'm just joking like sure grandpa sure but it's those memories like that that you know I'm carrying with me because he was a jokester all the way to the end. I would just ask him so many questions like, you know, this is really what inspired me creating these prompts that you will hear on the show that I ask my potential guests. It all started with with my time with grandpa. I would ask him like, grandpa, what songs would you have played at your funeral? Uh, if you were an animal, no, if you were to pass away, what animal should I look, look out for? And he said, I should look out for bald eagles. So now I ever see an eagle, which is pretty rare. But when I do, I'm like, oh, hey, grandpa, or young man. And I would also ask him, grandpa, do you want to be cremated? Do you want to be buried? Who do you want to speak at your funeral? Questions like that, you know, and, and we got really deep. He did not hold back. <laughs> to him, he didn't care. He was just an open book and was really transparent and and honest with me. And I appreciated that about our our relationship. And it was a priority for me. It was scary too because in the beginning, it was like right before the pandemic got exacerbated and the whole world shut down. You know, but the times that we were able to spend every day or multiple days a week. Together, I I truly hold near and dear to my heart. Um, but you know, with that experience, when it when we got the unfortunate call that Grandpa had passed away, y'all, I can't even describe the pain. <laughs> like it literally felt like someone grabbed a knife, stuck it in my heart turned it many times, you know, like, I just remember my uncle called me on the phone and my phone dropped and I cried in the bathroom for, I don't know how long I locked myself in the bathroom and I, I I just, I tuned out the world. I I didn't know what to do. And it's like one of those things that, you know, it's coming. Um, but even though, you know, it's coming, you, you just don't know how you're going to react, you know? Um, and of course, you know, I, I hurried up, got dressed after I received the news, and I rushed over to his house where my family was all together. As I approached the room where, you know, my sister and my cousins were were in the room, I my heart just sank, you know, and I I remember I, I laid my head on his on his chest and I hugged him and I didn't let him go for hours, y'all. <laughs> that was um One of the hardest things I had to go through, but what was really hard though, after that, which is something I can, it's just like one of those images. I can't get out of my head, you know, um, after the family was able to share their words and prayers over his body, the people came and, and took him and they put him in a, in a bag. And, um, there was a moment where my boyfriend, my family had to help carry him from the bed, you know, out to out of the house, um, so that he can be transported. And y'all, the people done not my family, but the people put him on the floor. And when I saw that, it just like broke my spirit. Cause it's like this person was once a walking universe with the whole life and history and love for his family is now just gone in a sap of a finger and, you know, was now in a bag on the floor before he was carried out. Like for me, it's just one of those images that is really hard to um, eradicate from my brain. But I don't want you all to have that image in your brain either. So I really wanted to, um, share his obituary with you all because it's one of those obituaries where I feel was very humanizing compared to other obituaries that, you know, from my family members, other people's obituaries that I've read. And I'd like to say it's partly because I was able to collaborate with my aunt with some of the information that grandpa Leonard shared with me because I took the time to really get to know him on a deep level. And I will say that even in his passing, I felt it was one of the, I wouldn't necessarily say it helped give me closure, but maybe in a way, not maybe not so much closure, but like helped me accept that this was a reality that this is my new normal, my new reality. Right. But I am truly proud, and I feel honored that um, that I was able to help my family and help provide a ceremony and a service that dignified the life of the amazing man that was Leonard Wallace. And that is something that really inspired me creating the Grief Sense movement, right? But the Grief Sense podcast, because not only with our time together as he was in hospice and facing the end of his life, but also at the end of his life, being able to honor him in the way that he deserved to be. It really just inspired me and it struck a chord in me that I really want to help educate other young people to do the same thing and that we also shouldn't wait till our loved ones are On their deathbed, right, to start asking them these really deep and personal questions that, listen, y'all, I ain't even gonna lie, like (laughs) the hardest, the hardest conversations I've had, you know? Um, But once we had those conversations, it was like, wow, like we have the information we need to provide a dignified ceremony when that time does come. And so, thus, Grief Sense was born. So this has literally been my whole life in the making, but definitely my grandfather's transition was a catalyst to Grief Sense being created. Um, But with that, I want to share my grandfather's obituary. I also had the opportunity to create uh, the funeral program for him. Actually, one of my hobbies is to create memorial bookmarks and programs, and I've done that for many family members that have passed. So, just gonna read his obituary. Leonard Edwin Wallace, 81, of Wethersfield, Connecticut, passed in peace at home on Saturday, August 1st, 2020. Leonard was born in Hartford, Connecticut on June 25, 1939 to Olive Briscoe Wallace and Lindsay Roman Wallace and remained in the Hartford area all of his life. He attended Weaver High School, excelling in football and track, winning the pole vaulting state championship of 1956 prior to his graduation in 1957. He had a keen interest in the Marines while in high school and went on to serve in the Marine Corps Reserve until December 1961. Leonard then spent 41 years climbing the ranks of the Hartford Fire Department, beginning in October 1961, reaching the level of assistant chief in April 1998, before retiring in January 2002. Firefighting was not a surprising career for Lenny, who was by nature altruistic, fearless, and resourceful. Without being boastful of the (laughs) harrowing tales of the fire department's daily life, a boy rescued from a whirlpool of grain in a freight train, a baby caught when thrown from a blazing building. In the late 1990s, he was an ardent advocate for thermal imaging equipment to enable firefighters to see through smoke. Lenny was also an avid reader who had a passion for learning about other cultures, which led him to travel the world and teach himself Spanish. Side note, anytime we want to... Brunch, breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and if the waitress was Spanish, he would definitely try and flirt with her and speak Spanish to her. <laughs> Anyways, back to the obituary. His sense of adventure also led him to explore much of the planet, including Spain, Cuba, Egypt, Dominican Republic, England, Canada, and Australia, which turns out to be his favorite trip. In his later years, it was not unusual for family and friends to receive postcards from far off places with Lenny's signature mischievous wit, and all my postcards he wrote in Spanish <laughs> and birthday cards as well. <sighs> A masterful deep sea fisherman, Lenny made sure that each of his children and many of his grandchildren were able to accompany him, no matter the weather, that part. <laughs> his adoration for the Yukon women's basketball team was legendary. Side note, when his health was on the verge of, of declining, I actually participated in a mini singing competition that um, Olivia Nelson, his favorite UConn basketball player, was hosting on Instagram Live. And I did it only so that I could have her and her colleagues record uh, a message for my grandfather. Y'all, I didn't know she was going to select me to sing, but I did. And then I asked her my request and they sent me a video. And when I showed my grandfather, his entire face lit up because when I tell you he loved him, some Olivia Nelson, okay, like that was his bestie, okay? (laughs) Back to the (laughs) obituary. He was an accomplished chess player who enjoyed challenging his children and grandchildren. He was a world history buff, a poetry composer, and an eclectic music lover, particularly of jazz. He also loved him some Whitney Houston. (laughs) gospel, oldies but goodies, and opera. One of his greatest joys was attending family celebrations and his children and grandchildren's school and sporting events. Lenny was a loving, supportive father who will be greatly missed by his six children, Stephen Wallace, Kenneth Wallace, Lori Baker, Brandon Wallace, Jason Wallace, and Leah Wallace. His 15 grandchildren, five great-grandchildren, several nieces and nephews and countless friends he is survived by his brothers Lindsay. at the time unfortunately uncle Lindsay has since passed um frederick wallace and oliver briscoe wallace who has also transitioned my grandpa's other brother recently and his sister shirley hardy he also leaves his former wives patricia scruce wallace who's related to michael jackson's family by the way y'all uh fun fact. and Bernice McGee Wallace, my grandma. He was predeceased by his mother, father, and sister Barbara. Rest in heavenly peace. So yeah, y'all, that is my grandfather's obituary and um, thank you for you know listening as I as I shared that. Um, so earlier I mentioned the words, Dear young man. And just a quick little story. Whenever my grandfather and I would greet each other, I'd be like, hey, young man. And he'd be like, hey, old lady. Because he always told me that I had this, you know, I had an old spirit and was wise beyond my years. And I always told him, well, you're a prankster and you're always cracking jokes, stealing people's food in the restaurants when we're eating. (laughs) just really silly so i would call him my young man and it just caught on that was that was our thing i also wanted to share in 2019 just after my 24th birthday i made my grandfather one of the most proudest people on the planet um i had the opportunity to be a keynote speaker at the obama foundation summit in Chicago in 2019, and was also selected to be a panelist with actress Yara Shahidi, President Obama, and other global change makers. And on the panel, we got to speak about how we were activating and advocating rather for social justice in our communities. And I focused on the arts and how I was using arts as a platform to, you know, talk about social justice and racial equity and racial inequities as well in my community. And it was one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Um, But what also made it special is that I knew he was back home watching. And uh, when he first got Admitted into the hospital when his health was declining. Um, for his Christmas present, I printed a photo of me being on the panel with President Obama, and I just remember just seeing his face, um, and I recorded it, and uh, I watch it over and over from time to time because I know he was just so proud. Um, so, so yeah. But back to the dear young man story. Being able to plan. My grandfather's um, memorial service with my family was really awesome. It got to the point where actually some of my family members were asking me certain questions because they knew I I kind of documented our conversations, you know, during our time together. And when I tell y'all it was an honor, y'all like that's probably what's helped me have some sort of peace around accepting that you know he's no longer here in the physical form. Um, so I carry that with me, but one of the other ways I was able to honor him was I wrote a poem for him and I was able to, uh, read it at his service. And I definitely ugly cried y'all. I don't even know if I got through the whole poem (laughs) without crying, but which was completely fine and okay. But I don't know. I just wish that service was a lot longer. Um, just to share more stories. And let alone y'all, this was in the midst, like this is August, 2020. Okay. Like half of our family members couldn't even attend the funeral. And that was happening to a lot of families across the world. Um, so a lot of our family members actually joined via Zoom. You know, I was just like, what in the, <laughs> like, I was just really processing how that was even happening. But nonetheless, our family members got together, whether virtually or in person, and we, we honored him in the way that he deserved to be. So now I just kind of want to take the time to uh, read the poem I wrote for him. And I literally have not opened this since the memorial service uh, three years ago. So hopefully I can get through it without crying. The poem is called A Letter to My Grandfather. Dear young man, I knew this day was coming, just didn't think it would be today. You've always been there, right by my side, just a few minutes or just a call away. I'm not going to lie to you, I'm still in disbelief and I'm really shocked. I don't like to talk about this because it's hard to admit that my whole world has stopped. I've dealt with loss my whole life and this one feels like it hurts the most. With you being 39 and all, that's always what he would say, I didn't think this day would be so close. Thank you for everything. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. You're what I'd like to call a day one since you've been here from the start. You took me under your wing as if I was your own. You never judged me and made me feel like I was someone you were proud to know. Thank you for all of our memories. I will hold on to them forever. Like our fishing trips, talking about life and trying new foods together. Thank you for being my best friend until the very end. I love you, young man. I will always be your old lady. So that was a poem and In future episodes, you will actually hear me ask guests to answer different creative prompts. And y'all, I have over like 250, it's close to actually 300 now, um, prompts that I've created over time. And one of them is to write a spoken word piece or write a poem about someone who has passed in your life. And so that was one of the prompts that I actually got to answer. So... Yeah, y'all. So that is my story, my grief story about my grandpa Leonard. He is definitely an amazing person. His legacy lives on. One of my missions is to carry out his legacy is is through this podcast because he is definitely what sparked it. Um, And I will forever be grateful to him. And I just think it's really important to honor people who have passed away, to honor our ancestors, honor our loved ones, and it just brings me peace and solace that, you know, I'm able to to carry his memory on through something that brings me peace, creating, um, holding space to talk about hard conversations and, you know, also allowing other people to to contribute to the conversation. Because that's what it's all about. That's really what I feel grief sense is, is really, you know, you experience these traumatic experiences, right? Like you experience loss and it takes a toll on you. <laughs> and like I said in my poem like my world stopped <laughs> for a minute y'all like nothing made sense. Um and sometimes things still don't, you know, and I and I'm okay with that, but with that I try to make things make more sense through creating um and, and really using art as a way to creatively express myself and allowing others to to do the same. And you know, my grandfather taught me to really embrace life, um, to keep pursuing things that make me happy, and to you know advocate for other people who are continuing to be oppressed and minoritized. He also taught me to just just be myself and to be myself wholeheartedly without without guilt or shame. Um, So I'm going to carry that with me all the way through and through. But with that, thank you all for listening to my grief story about my favorite young man, Leonard Wallace, aka Lenny, aka Grandpa. And thank you for tuning in. I'll catch you on the next episode. Grief Sense Familia. That wraps up another episode of the Grief Sense Podcast. If this resonated with you, please feel free to share with someone who will appreciate it and tell a friend to tell a friend. Also, I'm a firm believer that feedback is a gift. So, you know, I'm just saying, I won't be mad if you decide to leave a review and a rating of your experience on the podcast so far. Also, let's help each other find community in grief and let's amplify these stories far and wide. Thank you for tuning in. In solidarity y con mucho amor, Mimi.